0: Welcome to the 15th Club with your hosts, Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers. Ed and Scotty will bring you up to date on all the big news in the world of golf every Saturday from 5 to 6.
1: Well, it's time to tee it high and let it fly and to beat Alabama. Hi, everybody. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sayers and Ben Clements. And welcome to Sports Saturday on KLBJ Radio. This is the End Zone Club. We talk about golf, but let's talk about football. Is this the end zone club or the 15th club? Oh, it doesn't pardon me. Matter. I, I'm, I'm confused. I, I got, it I doesn't got, matter. I got football on the brain, and this, called, this is called the 15th club. 15th club on KLBJ, followed by the end zone club. But it's sports Saturday, and what an exciting Saturday it is because in less than an hour, my friend, the Texas Longhorns it up against the Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Our show, the 15th club, proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank the Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Munich Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Adele Golf, Zilker Belts, and by Dirty Martin's Place, where we are, the iconic hamburger place on Guadalupe. Everybody's trying to save and we got a packed house here, getting ready for the Longhorns and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Scotty, good afternoon, how are you? Exciting day in football. This Alabama-Texas series goes back a long way. I was talking with friends earlier this week about one of my favorite Texas-Alabama games. That was in 1965. 1965, the Orange Bowl when the Longhorns stopped Joe Willie Namath and the Alabama Crimson Tide and Bear Bryant to win that game.
0: Jim Hudson in that game, Ernie Coy in that game. That was a big game for Texas. That was a huge game, Ed, and uh, I'm wondering... Do you think that Joe Namath's gonna walk out on the field and get the crowd stirred up? Will they fly him in for the game? Well he's there already. He oh, was he, on, is. he was okay. on game day.
1: Hi Ben Clements is Good. here.
0: How are you? Yeah. Joe Willie
1: Namath was the guest picker today on game day. Dude's hair, he doesn't have any gray hair. He's 80 years old now. He must have some type of hair product. Kind of like Tony Busby, that guy uh-huh. helping Ken Paxton out. But yeah, he he was the guest picker today.
0: And they know him down there as Joe
1: Willie, and of course later Broadway
0: Joe. Well, I got frozen out of the uh, game day broadcast by, on Spectrum. Oh, oh man! Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's a big deal here in Omaha yeah. right now. And, uh, Broadway Joe
2: had a better showing today than he did back in '03 at oh, that yeah. Jets game. I'll tell you that. Oh. He's talking a little
1: clear these days. He wasn't. He wasn't drinking yet. He, he didn't was, ask
0: to kiss like any <laughs> of those
1: guys. He didn't ask to kiss Kirk Herbstreit. Speaking of Kirk. Her- Kirk Street. we'll hear from him later uh, in the show as he talks about uh, Texas and Alabama. Also, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian as he talks about Texas and Alabama. Yeah, the history of Alabama-Texas goes back a long way with that game in 65 uh, with Joe Willie name it uh, He was stopped by Tommy Novus twice on the goal line. Uh, then the Longhorns had some Cotton Bowl victories over uh, Bear Bryant and Alabama. Kirk Bowles had a funny comment, fellas, this week. Right after Bear Bryant died, Kirk Bowles had seen Coach Roll, and after he retired, he said, "Coach, you had a winning record against Alabama and uh, Bear Bryant." And Coach Roll said, "And I always will. He always will." <laughs> but I also told this story, Ben. You'll love this story. I think it was in the summer of 1970. Coach Roll and Emery Ballard got in a car and drove to Tuscaloosa, and they taught Bear Bryant, his coaching staff, and his players the wishbone, and they kept it a secret. Alabama opened the year at USC where they throttled USC by using the wishbone, and John McKay, the legendary coach at USC, after the game went over, shook Bear Bryant's head, said, congratulations, coach. Was it Darryl Royal? And Bear Bryant says, yes, it was Darrell Royal. <laughs> and Coach Royal taught the wishbone to not only Bear Bryant, but I think regretfully... Barry Switzer. He taught yeah. Barry Switzer the
0: the wishbone too. Yeah, you know Bear Bryant had an awesome connection. He used to come to the Legends of Golf. He did a, I think the first and second ones he was here. And he looked like the
1: twin of uh, our friend Ben Crenshaw's father, Charlie Crenshaw. He looked like his his, his they
0: looked like brothers. And the, ironically, they were both from Alabama. Yeah, and they put on those hound hounds tooth hats, and uh, and the, yeah they looked just alike. Well, the last two times
1: against Alabama, Ben have not been so good. Last year, the 20-19 to 19 loss of DKR, Texas Memorial Stadium. Looked like the Longhorns were going to win that game, but Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, dodged a Longhorn defender, had a big run. They kicked a field goal in the end to win that game. That's when Quinn Ewers went out in the first quarter. Then the previous game with Alabama, uh, it's somewhat debatable. I still think it's debatable. When Colt McCoy went out in the first quarter and Alabama won that game, and that's when Nick Saban started his huge run. I still believe in my whole heart, complete heart, if Colt McCoy
0: stays in, Texas wins that game. I agree with you, Ed, and I think that Mack Brown might still be the Texas coach. I mean, you would never uh, you'd never let a coach get away that had won two national championships. Yep. Uh, one was questionable uh, whether they'd let him go. I mean, it went down to the wire. But if he'd have won a second one, I think he'd still be our coach.
2: Regardless, guys, this, this game has has the fans of Texas on pins and needles due to the history. The pseudo rivalry that people really didn't expect 15 years ago that has become something. They don't play often, but when they do, it draws the national attention upon this game. And, yeah, the, the last two matchups have been heartbreaking. You have two critical injuries to the quarterback that switch the switches the momentum. You know, one of them, a national championship game. Texas fans play a lot of what-ifs. And so tonight, I think all Texas fans want to see not only a victory, but their quarterback remain in the game for all four quarters.
1: We all know that the Texas Longhorn quarterback Quinn Ewers last week was 0 for 7 in completions over 20 yards. That has got to be an improvement this week. I know Steve Sarkeesian barely opened the playbook last week. The offensive sputtered. It did not look very good at times. The defense against Rice looked very, very good. Uh, do you expect to see, fellas, a better
2: Quinn Ewers tonight? Because it was not a good outing for Quinn last week. Well, I sure do. I sure do. I think most fans do. The most of the, uh, the national attention, the NFL scouts do. This is his. You know, uh, uh, bring it game. This is his final straw game where NFL scouts will be watching. He's had enough time and enough experience at this point. He should be peaking. He's a junior. This is when NFL scouts are looking to see: Will he be a first-round draft pick next year, or will he need to stay at Texas one more season? This is the biggest game of his career, and that's that's not an overstatement. That is that is a fact. This is a game where he needs to show up and have a very good
0: game. And the Alabama defense is very very good their defensive backs are a little beat up they are beat up yeah from the game where they uh, uh malik moore i think he's gonna play he's scheduled to yeah. play yeah yeah they found out yesterday and then jalen key and these are two guys that may be all-american defensive backs.
1: oh yeah. I, I agree uh they're they're such an active defense and they've got a great defensive line and But but on the same token, I really just absolutely love the
2: wide receivers for Texas. Well, Yeah, and most of the NFL scouts that I read this week, they say Texas is is better suited for this game. Texas has more players that they expect to be drafted next year than Alabama. Finally, Texas has the upper hand with the quarterback position, with the wide receiver position. Jalen Ford is one of the better linebackers in college football. Top to bottom, Texas has more experienced talent than Alabama can they produce on on an enemy territory we don't know yet because based on last season when Texas went on the road in conference it didn't go so well so this is a very monumental game for the program
1: it's been a tale of two cities since that 2010 BCS championship game Texas winning percentage in football is 56 percent Alabama is 89 percent Texas has not won a conference title since 2009. Since 2010, Bama has won seven conference titles. Since 2010, they've won five national titles. Since 2010, and this is hard to swallow, Texas has five losing seasons. Since 2010, uh, Alabama has none. And first round draft pick since 2010,
2: Texas has had four, Alabama's had
1: 43
2: guys i I don't want to i don't want to break off topic here but there is a big development here going on in miami miami has just returned a kickoff 98 yards they now lead the aggies 28 to 20. oh my wow big upset brewing yeah that's miami that's a big upset because
1: miami is not that good they're not that good but they're giving the aggies all they're worth there we need to take a break after the break we'll go down the complete rundown of games today that guy in Colorado did it again today, Neon Dion Sanders. Wow. We'll talk about that. We'll also hear from Steve Sarkeesian, Kirk Herbstreet, and much, much more. We're at Dirty Martin's Place on the drag on Guadalupe near Guadalupe and 29th Street. They got football games on a half dozen TVs up here. Enjoy great burgers, uh, tap beer, great mixed drinks. We've got some fried pickles and some tater tots, soda approved, uh, on our table today. Come by and see us and enjoy. Our pregame before the Longhorns and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Live from Dirty Martin's Place. And we'll be back with more of Sports Saturday, the End Zone Club, and... The 15th Club here on KLBJ.
3: That's the night that my sweetie
1: and
0: I used to dance cheek to cheek. Hey, this is Kyle Chandler, and you're listening to The 15th Sunday Club with Scotty at Sayers and Ed the Clemens on KLBJ.
1: Thank you so much, Kyle, and welcome back to The 15th Club, part of Sports Saturday on KLBJ Radio. We're getting you ready for the Alabama Crimson Tide of the Texas Longhorns from Tuscaloosa, Alabama on abc tv our show proudly brought to you by texas mutual insurance and by abc bank scotty a big tournament coming up to save muni in just oh, that's less than a week away
0: yeah ed we're uh friday we're at, on the tee at eight o'clock uh some of the groups are on at one o'clock double shotgun and we still have a couple of slots available and we have sponsorships available at save muni.com and we want to thank some of our sponsors like heb Tito's, we got some Tito's on the table. Sure do. Tequila 512 is a big sponsor. Uh, Harry Perkins, our friend, a lot of people have pitched in and uh, made this a uh, going to be a big event. And there's a party that night in case you just want to come over to the party instead of play golf.
1: Fantastic. Let's look at the scoreboard. Joined by Ben Clements. The scoreboard brought to you by uh, Dirty Martin's Place, where we are. Number one team in the nation, fellows, won today. Georgia over Ball State, 45 to three. Michigan, number two, is handling. UNLV 35 to nothing. Other finals today. It was Notre Dame 45, NC State 24. I like this Notre Dame team, uh, yes. fellas. This Hartman, the quarterback, the yep. transfer is really really good. Watch out for Notre Dame.
2: Yeah, they're fantastic. They have a great quarterback, great wide receiver core. They got even a an Austin native on that receiving core. Yeah, the wide receiver, yeah, from yeah. Westlake. Yeah, Notre Dame is a is a very good team. I actually didn't like them going into this week i didn't like i, I kind of wanted to, to fade them on the spread but they're very very good especially having the first first game on home soil back in america they yeah. they've rallied and they're great this year
1: well colorado did it again neon Dion sanders in colorado throttle nebraska 36-14 colorado now is 2-0 uh, uh there will be playing colorado state next week ben you watch this closely Uh, They kept on playing beautifully today. Struggled a little bit early, but they just blew apart Nebraska.
2: I'm not surprised in the least bit after we saw from the first game. But my Lord, is that offense deadly. Yeah. I think Travis Hunter, the wide receiver slash cornerback, is one of – he is already – he's in the Heisman race. I think uh, Dion Sun – is on is in the Heisman race? Yeah, they're a fantastic team. Well, Hunter played what over 100 snaps again today. He played 150 snaps first week. <laughs> he played 135 <laughs> snaps this week. That went, guys. I mean, y'all y'all been around that, Scotty? Y'all seen the football since the 60s? You don't see players playing both ways anymore. No, that's old school. You
1: know, that's that's Charlie Charlie Talbot playing defensive end and tight end for the Longhorns,
0: or Duke Carlisle going in as safety. defensive back. Yeah. At safety and and. Uh, Golly, did Bill Bradley ever, ever – he played a little bit both ways. He did a little he? bit. He also punted
1: and played quarterback. Then he was defensive back, yeah. yeah. But do you – It's phenomenal. It really is phenomenal. I'm
2: going I'm to make my prediction right now. Next season, I don't know where Colorado – I don't know how they're doing the Big 12. They will be in the playoffs next year.
1: And the thing about Colorado next year, the transfer portal. All these football players yeah. are saying, I'd like to play for Dion." I want to yeah. play for Dion. The sky's a lemon in the transfer portal for yeah. Deion Sanders. Other other scores: Clemson righted their ship today. Clemson defeated uh, Charleston State, 66-17. Uh, games going on right now. It's Ole Miss over Tulane in the fourth quarter. This is a, this close one, 20 to 17. Miami over the Aggies, 20. Uh, excuse me, 28-20 in the third quarter. Washington over Tulsa, 22 to three. Tennessee and Austin P are tied at the end of the first quarter. Mac Brown and Appalachian State it's seven to three. Appalachian State trailing Mac in the first quarter. Oklahoma has scored on SMU early at seven 0 nothing. And Duke over Lafayette by a score of seven to nothing. Scotty, got an update on Mac's game?
0: Yeah, Appalachian State's ahead ten to seven now. Ooh, no. So uh, that probably won't hold up. We watched North Carolina last Saturday night after the show, and uh, Drake may. Plenty good. Yeah, in the Big 12 today,
1: what a game in Waco. I thought Baylor had this in the bag, but Utah scored uh, twice late in Utah. Defeats Baylor 20-13, handing the Bears their second loss in a row. Kansas State all over Troy, 42-13 to in that game. Uh, last night, Kansas over Illinois, 34-23. They got some good games in the Big 12 tonight. Houston against Rice. Oklahoma State versus Arizona State, Uh, UNC Florida and Boise State. That's UFC Florida and Boise State. And, of course, the Oregon Ducks are in Lubbock to face the Texas Tech Red Raiders in just a little while, which I think is going to be a terrific, terrific uh, football game. Earlier this week, Steve Sarkeesian met with the media, and he talked about uh, this, this game. He lived in Tuscaloosa. He worked for Nick Saban. He recruited their quarterback, Jalen Milrow, and he talked about the matchup with Alabama.
3: It's, it's pretty remarkable what he has done. Um, when you think about the offensive coordinators, the defensive coordinators, the, the special teams coordinators, not to mention the position coaches that have come through. Um, I think as a head coach, and you th- you, know, you think, man, if I could ever have the longevity that he'd have, man, I'd sure love to have that style of consistency. Uh, And I think it all goes back to him. He knows exactly who he is. Uh, He does not change for you. You're gonna change for him. And inevitably, whether it's uh, the the system that you wanna bring in to run on offense, defense, special teams, whatever that is, or how you wanna coach a player, you're gonna coach it the way he wants you to coach it. And you're gonna gonna call plays the way he wants you to call it. Um, And that allows him to continue to coach everybody on the team. Um, and, and, but yet as a new face comes in things don't change as much as you think because they really ran his way and uh, again that's a credit to him for sticking to it and not diverting from who he is
1: That is uh, Steve Sarkeesian talking about Nick Saban uh, Steve Sarkeesian said he's got two mentors in uh, football, one is Pete Carroll of now the Seattle Seahawks and uh, Nick Saban
2: and Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nick <laughs> yeah. Saban, 28 and two against former assistant coaches. That is not stacking up well for Steve Sarkeesian, but it's been proven it can be done. Yes, there are there are two two coaches have beat him in the past. Oh, I, t-
1: I know, I know them. Scotty, you know who they are. I know who they are. Uh, no. Uh, he's the national, defending national champion, Jimbo, uh, uh, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart, yeah. yeah. And then Jimbo Fisher yeah. of Texas A&M when uh, the Aggies and Johnny Manziel defeated uh, Nick Saban in Alabama.
2: I saw a good quote. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian was talking about the game, and he was ri- reminding his guys that, you know, we see Alabama and we see, you know, 14 years of unbelievable football. But they got to remember, they're not taking on a decade of Alabama teams where they are a bunch of Goliaths, they are five stars, and first-run draft picks. They're taking on the 2023 team. You're not taking on the program the last decade. You're taking on one team, and they showed last year that they can hang with these guys when Texas had no chance last year. They're a better, bigger, more experienced team this year and led by a quarterback who has really grown into his own. Texas has a chance tonight. There's a reason why Lee Corso and Desmond Howard on game day picked them and why a lot of the national media thinks Texas has a chance. They're SEC ready. It's whether or not they can produce on very, very tough conditions in, in Alabama.
0: Well, they may not be the exact same team we played last year, but they're plenty good. Yeah. They Their offensive line may be better than last year. Uh, Jalen Melrose. I mean, he's 6'2", 240. Yeah. Let's face it, this guy... And he's the uh,
2: fastest guy, second
0: fastest guy on the team. Yeah. So, uh, the Texas run defense better be good because Alabama's got that offensive line. They've got good running backs. And I think that Mel is really better than people are giving him credit for. He's still a mystery. Yeah.
1: But Jalen Milrow was committed to Texas. He dumped his commitment. He went and was recruited by Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama. Uh, they had Drake Main. Yeah. Alabama had Drake Maine. He went to MAC in North Carolina. So it's inter- interesting how it all meets. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio, part of Sports Saturday. When we come back, more from Dirty Martin's Place, more from the Sark, and more from Kirk Herbstreit of ESPN when we return to Dirty's here on the 15th Club.
4: There wouldn't be no Alamo. No Cowboys in the Super Bowl. No Lonesome Dove, no Yellow Rose.
0: If it wasn't for Texas. You're listening to The 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on News Radio KLBJ. I
1: wouldn't be able to... Welcome back to The 15th Club on KLBJ, part of Sports Saturday. Don't go away, end zone club coming up next as we preview and we talk about uh, the Longhorns and the Crimson Tide. They kick it off just after 6 o'clock. Let's get you up to date on the scoreboard. Ole Miss has extended their lead against Tulane. This game is late. They now lead 26-17. The Tulane quarterback was out, giving an advantage to... Ole Miss. It looks like Ole Miss is going to win that game. A team that is now in T-R-O-U-B-L-E are the Fighting Texas A&M Aggies. Miami leads the Aggies 31-20 to at Miami Beach as they're playing still in the third quarter. Uh, so our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank with assistance from Zilker Belt, Sedell Goff, Donald Ross Sportswear, the Muni Conservancy, Mottys Tex Mex, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, and the Salt Lake Barbecue. Scotty, got a score over there?
0: Well, AM has just scored. Pending, I guess they're looking at a replay. The officials are, so we'll see about that. But uh, it's a great game. And AM is decided
2: to go for two here, fellas. They had they a they had a 25-yard touchdown pass, a great play action, and they will go for two here to cut it to three-point uh, deficit two minutes left in the third quarter. It's a, little, it's a little early to start chasing points here, Jimbo. Uh, I mean, uh,
1: it, is it?
2: Yeah, it's too early. It's too early to chase points. That's I say it. go for two. I say go for two. What's, what's the point of being up by, you know, four compared to three? Because you may need that
1: point if you don't get it in about, you know, middle of the fourth quarter. That's and they, they missed the
2: two-point conversion there That's down me. 31-26. On the road, Pop, you got to have the stones to make the tough decisions. Jimbo did. I'm not saying he's a brilliant man or a great coach, but on the road you got to make those decisions.
1: Longhorns in Alabama in just a little bit. Um uh, we all met with uh, Steve Sarkeesian earlier this week, and we talked about Jalen Milroe And Steve Sarkeesian talked about the Bama quarterback and much, much more.
3: Well, Jalen's a fantastic player. Uh, you know, I got a chance to recruit him out of high school. Um, you know, he, he's got a, a, a dynamic arm. Uh, he can make every throw in the book, it, off platform, on the run, doesn't matter. He's a, a tremendous runner. He's an elite runner with the ball in his hand uh with his speed and his physicality uh and he's highly competitive he's a really good leader and the thing probably that concerns me the most about that is they're very balanced you know they can run the ball with the runner Uh, They've got really good speed on the perimeter with Isaiah Bond and uh, Jermaine Burton and and that crew that they have there. They utilize their tight ends and they got a physical offensive line. And so you put all that together and then ultimately the threat of the quarterback run. You know, they've got a multitude of quarterback runs, whether they're zone reads, power reads, quarterback direct runs, quarterback scrambles on third downs. Uh, That's probably the biggest thing that's the toughest to prepare for that we're going to have to spend extra time of how how do we control and contain the quarterback with his legs. The, the rest of the offense is the offense, which you see, and it's good, and it's it's very well designed, and they've got really good pieces. But the quarterback run, uh, and no one, they're going to run the quarterback. It's it's not a secret. What they did in week one is, is you know, we're going to get something different, and that's okay. Um, but, but, you know, making sure that we are accounting for number four in all of the quarterback run games is going to be a real key to the drill.
1: Steve Sarkeesian talking about, Jalen Milrow, the quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Fellas, I think Texas is catching Alabama at exactly the right time because Jalen Milrow played sparingly last year. And I think he's still feeling his oats and trying to feel his way with his offense. Saying that,
0: they're still a top-five football team, and Texas is ranked number eleven. Well, and Melrose came off a little bit better game last week than Quinn Ewers did. They both, they both were against inferior opponents. Yeah. So, you know, Quinn's going to be fine, I think. He's got some great targets. We talked about the receivers, Ben. Yep. It's, it's as good a receiving group as anywhere in the country. It, it concerns me, though, the
1: offensive line. Rice, a bunch of scholar athletes, able to get, to get Quinn Ewers a few times. It concerns me that Texas had two times with fourth and short yardage. They went for it both times and they didn't get it. Uh, I think Texas, the key to the Texas victory for me is Texas has to score early. They got to get ahead. Mm-hmm. They've got to force Jalen Milrose think I got to pass to win this game. Yeah. I got to pass to win this game. Yeah. I think that's the biggest key for Texas to get up in this game.
2: No, absolutely. And I, you know, people have been harping on the Rice game. In my opinion, it's an anomaly. It's the first game of the year. There's going to be some growing pains. You know, the first game of the year is tough for everybody. I know you had some teams blow out their opponent, Some teams did not. Some teams struggled and even lost. Texas, notoriously, the past five years, has played up and they've played down. We saw a case where they played down to their opponent. Look at last year against Alabama. They were far inferior to that Alabama team with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. They played up. This is a case that... The history is going to repeat itself texas will play up to their opponent hostile environment luckily they have a leader at their quarterback position that's experienced now has a year under his belt he's played it at tough conditions before and this is a team that's experienced and they have enough talent from top to bottom where there's options if the running game is not looking great with cj baxter they have their receivers if the receivers are struggling they have a great offensive line that can pass or run block. Texas will be able to hold their own tonight. The
1: guy that's important to me is Jatavion Sanders, the tight end. Where's number zero? 6'4", yeah. 243. I think he's going to play a crucial role because I think Alabama will be, be suspended sus, suspend so much time. Are you okay? I'm okay. I <laughs> <laughs> thought I had a stroke there. They'll spend so much Reed, time. We have, we
2: have 20 minutes
1: till <laughs> game time. It's fine. <laughs> they'll spend so much time on Xavier Worthy and the other guys, I, I think he has a possibility to be open. And one thing, and we're going to hear from Kirk Herbstreet in a moment, he said earlier this week on a Zoom call I was with him, he said, watch the safeties for Alabama. If the Texas run game is successful, the Alabama safeties then have to cheat up yep. and play the run, which will Steve
2: Sarkeesian would say, wow, this is open up. We are going we can pass on them. That's a good point, but guys, I am worried about Quinn Ewers with the deep ball. He was 0 for 8 last week with the deep ball. He didn't hit anything over 20 yards last week. That's a concern. That being said, like you mentioned, Jatavion Sanders, the 6'6 tight end who came in. Who came in, I think, is a uh, – he didn't come in as a tight end. He, defensive were, end, I believe. Defensive yeah. end, but he had two catches last week. He had two targets. One of them was a touchdown. We all know, especially college football, the quarterback's best friend is a tight end. Last time Texas had a very solid tight end, David Thomas. One of the best tight
0: ends we've seen at Texas. Javion Sanders has a chance to be a David Thomas-type tight end. Let's hope so. Ed, I think what you said about getting off to a good start early, we've got 100,000 fans in that stadium, probably 96,000 are Alabama. Yeah. And the only way Texas... Really plays a good game. I think is to have a good first quarter. Yeah, we've got to get off to a good start. And maybe you make, maybe you make Melrose worry a little bit if they get behind early, and they have to come from behind ten to nothing or seven to nothing. And it may be a different ball game then. We got to do that. The last time
1: the Longhorns played an SEC team on the road, we want to forget that game. It was Arkansas at Arkansas a couple of years ago. Texas was ill prepared for that game. Period. Uh, they looked flat. They looked intimidated, and they lost that game big time. You do not want to get in that situation where Alabama will get er- get score early and often, and things could go bad quickly.
2: Well, that that's a that's a no-brainer. When you're on the road, that's that take is pretty good take. It's a it? no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. When you're on the road, the last thing you want to do <laughs> get down is get down early. Yeah. God forbid you're down two touchdowns and you got to crawl your way back. Yeah. When you're in a place like Alabama, let alone at night let alone prime time against a top-five team. You get down 14 early, you can basically kiss a goodbye. Rare, rarely has a team done that, especially against Alabama.
0: Yeah, so we'll do predictions next segment. But I, I want before we get yeah. to one thing, I want to get to,
1: to, to, to the Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit. Good. I got to visit with Kirk Herbstreit of ESPN. He's did the game day. He's doing the call tonight. And it was fascinating to talk to Kirk about this Texas-Alabama game. And, Garrett, let's roll that when I talked to Kirk earlier this week. Kirk, how big is this game for Texas as the Longhorns go into the SEC next year from a national perspective? Is this going to be a, sort of a hello, we're here, or uh-oh, we're not ready yet for Texas on Saturday?
4: I think I think the media will definitely talk about that. Um I, I think and if you, if you talk to people, I think a lot of people looked at last year's game and thought, wow, Texas, Texas competed and, and did themselves a, a, you know, a, a very good service of showing that they can compete with Alabama, which means you can compete with the SEC. If you look at their roster right now, I think it's pretty clear Sark and his time at, in Tuscaloosa, these last couple recruiting classes, once they understood this, uh, they, they, they're much stronger and much deeper at the line of scrimmage. You know, if you look at last week's game, even against Rice, I mean, they, they, they got difference makers on that line of scrimmage. And if you win in the SEC, as we all know, you, you better be the line of scrimmage. As much as people talk about quarterbacks and, and, and receivers and backs, anybody who really knows the, Al- the, uh, the SEC and watches Alabama and LSU and Georgia, I know as a guy that watches all these conferences, the thing that I marvel at is, wow, the SEC's defensive line is just different than everybody else's. And so they've made great strides in that area. Now on a big stage, it's a a real opportunity to show people that they're ready not only for Alabama, but they're ready for the SEC. And I think with Sark's experience at Alabama, he knows what it's going to take for them to take that step, not just Saturday, but uh, of course next year. So... If you, if you look at Oklahoma and you look at Texas, right now in the rosters, now Brent Venables is, is a couple years behind, you know, where Sark is. But it just feels like when you look at Texas, they're, they're closer uh, to, to being where you need to be than I think where Venables is currently. But I think he'll be there as well because he understands it uh, probably as, as well as anybody. He'll get that program eventually there. But right now, Texas, I think, is, I think they're ready to compete. You know, so we'll, we'll see how it goes.
1: That is a Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN. We're at Dirty Martin's Plates. This is the 15th Club End Zone Club coming up next hour. So are the Longhorns in Alabama. And we'll have more on the 15th Club right after this. That's
0: going
4: Howdy, folks. This is Ray Benson of the Sleep at the Wheel, and you're listening to The 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on News Radio 590 KLBJ.
0: Welcome back to The 15th Club. We're live from the iconic Dirty Martins on the drag, and we're all about Texas this week. Uh-huh. I'm Scotty Sayers along with Ed and Ben Clements. This is the 15th Club Football Edition brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank. Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deccan Bar at the Austin Renaissance, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Edel Golf, and Zilker Belts. A little bit of golf house cleaning. Uh, Six picks announced by Luke Donald this week for the European Ryder Cup team. Tommy Fleetwood, love him. Shane Lowry, love him. Justin Rose, love him. Sepp He. This is
1: strange. He he he's got an American passport. He played for Georgia. He was
0: born in Austria, but he lives in Georgia. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, he's on their teams, all I know. Ludwig Aberg, the Texas Tech golfer. Love the pick. I love it, too. And, yeah. I mean, a he lot- won last week. He came from behind to win last week. Too. A lot of
2: guys say he is the future of golf. But but he's going to win
0: a few majors. The guy, this is
2: the <laughs> ironic part, Ben.
1: He's never played in a major. And he's on the Ryder Cup team. First it, time ever. Yeah, he, he's, played at, he's played at UT Golf Club. He's played at Barton Creek. But he's never
0: played in a major. Well, there you go. This is up there. It's a first. And then Nikolai Hogard. I could not pick him out of a police lineup. Nope. And that was a strange pick. But they've got ten strong players because they've got Fitzpatrick, they've got Rory, they've got Hatton, uh, they've got McIntyre. Uh, you go down the line, Rom. Off the top of your head, major-wise, America verse, versus uh Europe. Very close. Uh, Americans have a few more, just more. a handful more. Yeah. If you, if you size the teams up side by side, the Americans – have better world rankings, more majors, uh, slightly better Ryder Cup record, but both teams are going to have some rookies. So we'll talk about this as we get closer. And
1: and the American team uh, played yesterday and today in Rome. They went over there for practice rounds. They're coming back, and uh, it's a big week for Jordan Spieth. His wife is going to have a baby this week, so it's a busy time for our friend Jordan Spieth.
0: Uh, the University of Texas. He's yeah. getting inducted into the Longhorn uh, Hall of Honor. Hall of Honor uh, for next athletics. Saturday, yeah, next Friday. Night. I, I guess he'll be here. We'll see. Unless the baby
1: comes
2: next Friday. You yeah. all remember a year where there was this many rookies playing in the Ryder Cup on either side.
0: Uh, not for a I, while. I, I Maybe don't. in '99 there were, there were quite a yeah. few rookies for the Europeans. Back then. Was Tiger a rookie that year in '99? Um. Uh,
1: yes, he was. I
0: think he was. He, yeah, he was because yeah. he won the Masters in '97. Rate.
1: He won in '97, so he might
2: have been in uh, yeah.
1: Valderrama. <laughs> in Valderrama. I think he might 97. have been a Valderrama with the I think, all, guy.
0: I
2: think all around. Yeah. I speak for at least for myself. This is a strange year for the Ryder Cup. A lot of guys that we don't know who they are. A lot of rookies. You know, we have yeah. the Brooks Kepa fiasco. A lot of people are mad that there's a live player. Weird Ryder Cup season. It's it's really weird. Okay,
1: let's. Uh, you want to? I was going to comment thing. about it. It's weird because there's no Lee Westwood. There's no Ian Poulter. And no most no Sergio
2: Garcia. Bing,
1: Bing, 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 Bing. Sergio Garcia will be in Austin for the Ryder Cup, the biggest point winner of either side in the history of the Ryder Cup.
2: And there's no Dustin Johnson. No Patrick Reed. No Day Chambeau. Three Americans that if they continued on to the PGA. They'd be on that team.
0: Probably. Captain's picks or automatic bids. Yeah, they would would likely. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's, man, I'd I'd say because of the home field advantage for the Euros, 50-50. I'm not betting either way. I don't want any part of it. But they got no Italianos on the team. No. uh, Mazzoli almost made it. Yeah. He almost made it, but he didn't. Maybe he'll be an assistant captain.
1: Okay, back on football, Ben. What are the Aggies doing right now? The Aggies and uh, Miami miami had held the 31 to 26 lead uh early in the fourth quarter right now miami has scored again miami leads 38 26. wow this is an upset and this is bad news for jimbo fisher if this holds up fellas let me tell you what the aggies are impatient they're looking at any reason to get rid of jimbo fisher (laughs) if they lose this non-conference game against miami and still facing the rigorous sec this could be
2: bad for jimbo aggies you've proved to the to america that you don't care who you get as like you can spend as much money as you want you buy out jimbo and you give deon sanders whatever wow. the h-e-l-l oh. he wants wow i, mean, I don't bring see him that over. as a fit you i bring do. him over. Now, hey
1: scotty fit and i don't see it as a fit either but the bottom line if you want to win football games you get somebody like Dion. you get somebody like urban meyer you may uh, you know you could you could get i don't
2: know it's been a rough couple weeks for texas teams no tcu gets beat tech gets beat. beat. tech gets beat oh baylor, baylor is 0 two against two inferior teams not a great start to texas football here no, no.
0: We're a little distracted. There's a big crowd here at Derby. Yes, there is. And uh, <laughs> well, hey fellas, you're both married, okay? You're both married. said this, uh, this is
1: really funny. There's a table full of nerds and some, okay, of, the most, Dad, what is some of the What is this? What is this? 1998? No, no, no some of the dude's some nerds over here and then here comes these beautiful girls sitting with the nerds. to give that girl that seat over Guys. there, too. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, give her that chair. This is bad radio. Sheaky. This is pervert radio here. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we're just we're being, res- <laughs> being respectful. Give that. Yeah. Give <laughs> that young girl the tape. No. Okay. Let's go around the table. <laughs> Longhorns and Alabama, and just a few moments from Tuscaloosa. I, you know, I hope all hope, as Andrew Duf- Dufresne said, and Red said in the Shawshank. I didn't region. do it. No, he didn't say that. They said. They said hope is a beautiful thing. Maybe the best thing. Hope so i hope the longhorns can win this thing it's going to be a tough task winning at
0: alabama where nick saban and alabama rarely lose yeah yeah okay predictions it's almost game time fellas uh i've said this on the radio
1: with jeff ward and uh, to friends i am think it's going to be a very high scoring game and i think when push comes to shove this is the homer in me i think texas wins 42 to 35 because I believe they can move the ball on Alabama, Alabama will move the ball on Texas, but I see, I think I see Texas winning late. The, the only way they can win late, Steve Sarkeesian, let's just admit it, has to eliminate the lulls that they have had on the road at Oklahoma State last year, at Tech last year.
2: I'm saying 45-42 Horns, big game,
0: a lot of scoring. Wow. Texas comes out of the end. I think they're going to get a late field goal to win this game. I think. Both teams have pretty decent defenses. Texas was great against Rice. We'll see about this week. I'm going to say Alabama 30, Texas 27 in overtime. Ooh. And I'm going to say it comes down, well, every every big game comes down to turnovers. Yeah. But I think there will be a crucial turnover or two from one team or the other. But I'm saying Alabama wins because of
1: the home field. Okay, next hour we're going to talk about the game. We'll get you up on what's going on in the game. Uh, let's look at the scoreboard. There is an upset brewing in Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee and Austin P are tied 6 to 6 almost at halftime. The Aggies are in trouble. They trail 38 26. It's still they still can win, but they trail 38 to 26. All Miss is going to beat Tulane 30 to 20, and taking a look at the Big 12 scorecard, the Big 12 has had a busy, busy day this afternoon. Oklahoma only leads SMU 7-3 in the second quarter. That's a 15-point spread. Also, Cincinnati leads Pitt 10-0. Utah over Baylor 20-13. K-State over Troy 42-13. BYU over Southern Utah 41-16. Iowa has defeated Iowa State 20-13. Still to come tonight, Texas-Alabama. Oregon, Texas Tech, UCF, Boise State, Houston Wright, Nickel State, TCU, and Oklahoma
0: State and Arizona State. Ed, do you think people are going to turn down the TV sound and turn up the radio for the in-tone club? I think they will because we will be giving you insight. You will not
1: get anywhere else as we talk about Texas and Alabama. We'll analyze uh, all the plays. We'll analyze the play calling next hour and just have a whole bunch of fun as we bring you uh, Texas and uh, Alabama from here at Dirty Martin's place where it is packed on this Saturday evening. So they've got all the games on. They've got the Yagi game on. We'll have the Longhorns on momentarily. But it is the place to be. Any final comments
0: from you, Scotty? No, I just I, I think Texas will do us proud. I I, I don't think we'll win. I'm not going to be a homer. It's too tough to go into SEC with 100,000 fans and a really good team we're playing.
1: Ben, any final comments before we go into the end zone club next hour? Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Uh, for Scotty and for Ben, thanks for being with us on uh, the 15th Club on KLBJ. Thanks to all our sponsors. Don't go away after the news. We'll be back and we'll talk more and get you up to date on what's happening with Texas and Alabama. This is Sports Saturday on KLBJ Radio, live from Dirty Martin's Place, back after the news on KLBJ. At
4: the Comeback Bar and Grill. At the
0: Comeback Bar and Grill. I'm a rescue here and I'm always here.